Welcome, Welcome to, to the Inspire, Inspire Wire, Wire, a, a podcast, podcast where ideas are exchanged, exchanged worlds are traveled, and life is experienced. This is the Inspire Wire with your host, Tom Murphy. All right, everyone. Welcome to episode 11 of the Inspire Wire podcast. Uh, for this episode, we have Sarah Gallo, um, and she's a travel blogger, and her blog is called The Five Foot Traveler. And as you guys know, I'm a, I'm really interested in traveling, so when I was able to get in contact with her, I was really excited because I have always enjoyed traveling, and she has been traveling continuously now since... I believe it was January of 2015 and she's traveled um, a lot prior to that but she's been on the road now for a long time and she's had a lot of experiences and now she's been able to kind of create a career in which she's able to travel on a continuous basis so it's really cool um, and we got an a really cool perspective from her and I learned a lot so I think you guys will really enjoy it so let's go to the interview all right everyone uh, welcome to episode 11 I'm here with Sarah Gallo um, she is a traveler that I guess I'll call it a traveler um, and she uh, has a travel blog um, called The Five Foot Traveler um, and under her website, thefivefoottraveler.com. Um, and in that, she chronicles a lot of her adventures. And, um, and it kind of is really cool um, perspective because, you know, it's an alternative lifestyle. You know, she's... Con- continuously on the road and and obviously that's really an interesting thing because that's not very typical um, in our society so I wanted to kind of pick her brain a little bit and see what it's like so Sarah thanks for coming on the show thanks for introducing me Tom (laughs) (laughs) yeah I tried Um, but yeah so I guess just to start off the conversation um one thing I would like to ask is, um, you're you're traveling pretty consistently now. Um, is is this something when it when it all started? Do you consider this um, your traveling to be something that was in your DNA and wired, and you've always had that sense that you were meant to travel, or was this something that? really kind of grew and became and you became this traveler so I definitely became the traveler I actually didn't really grow up traveling I always spent about one week a year going on a family vacation to an all-inclusive resort and those were amazing they um, they were that one week that I always looked forward to but I always expected to sort of follow follow the path that most people are expected to follow you know you get into a good college, you graduate, you know, with high honors, you get a nice corporate job, you start your family, you have some kids. And 
everything's set, you know? And I always thought that that would be me until I got introduced to long-term travel. So when I was 19 years old, I decided to study abroad for the first time. I had had some horrendous uh, roommates in New York City, and I was like, all right, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. And I, uh, I signed up to study in Florence, Italy. And it was my first time really overseas and experiencing what life was like outside of my little bubble. And within three weeks of being there, I knew my life was changed. I knew that I had to incorporate travel in my life in some way. Yeah. Um, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I was thinking, you know, that's something that a lot of people um, get the chance to experience, you know, being uh, having a semester abroad. And and that's something that's really gotten popular uh, recently. And and it's interesting because. When you went on that experience, it really transformed your way of thinking. But when you went back to college, how were you able to bridge that gap where you weren't allowed or you w- couldn't really travel while you were at school? You were probably like, wow, I need to get out of here and travel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was definitely hard. So after I realized that I was going to, that I needed to incorporate travel, I actually decided that I would take extra credits each semester, graduate early, and spend my last semester studying abroad in a different location. Pretty much I realized I couldn't be confined to New York City. I couldn't, you know, travel was on my mind all the time. And so I had to figure out some way to make that my life. And so I took 20 credit semesters. I spent another semester in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and actually graduated down there. And when, yeah, it was amazing. And when I was preparing to leave to go down there, I was applying for scholarships at NYU and NYU is known not to give out scholarships. So I sort of just thought, you know, I'll try it. Don't expect to get anything, but whatever. And um, lo and behold, I won a scholarship to keep a travel blog. Nice. So yeah, so I was then required to produce content that would then be distributed across NYU and to other people at study abroad sites. And that was the start of the five foot traveler. That's when I realized I was like, wow, this is something I could work with and something I could run with. But the thing is, at the time, I actually didn't think that I was just sort of like, cool, it's going to be a way to document my experiences. I'll be traveling all around South America. Like, this is going to be awesome. And yeah, so, um, yeah, that, I graduated. Sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, that's that's really cool. But uh, one question: um, when you applied for this scholarship, you had already graduated and gotten your undergraduate degree. No, I oh, applied no. for the scholarship the semester beforehand. Okay, okay. So right before I left for Buenos Aires, I had been granted the scholarship. Okay. So I started documenting all of my travels more thoroughly through South America as that was the beginning of my blog. Um, but then as I, you know, I did a ton of traveling that semester. I backpacked for a month after I walked out of my last final. Um, I walked out of my last finals and I trekked through Patagonia. I spent Christmas in Antarctica and New Year's Eve in Rio de Janeiro. So it's definitely, definitely wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I got home and I was like, all right, you know, time for the real world. 
And I went on all the corporate job interviews in New York City and I got accepted most of the jobs that I applied for, except they barely wanted to pay me any money. They, um, they wanted to pay me a salary that I couldn't live off. They wanted me to be available to work seven days a week and I would be working more than eight hour days and not making enough to, to cover my rent plus food, much less anything else. Yeah. That, that, I, I, think, I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to that um, that age where you just graduate college and you're like, okay, I have these credentials and now I'm going to have a nice job. And then you realize they don't really care that you got uh, college education because it's so commonplace now. And you're like, well, what did I do all that for? You know? Yeah, it was really surprising to me because I went to a very good school and I graduated with high honors. And even with that behind me, I couldn't get a good paying job and um, not something, you know, not something that I deserve. That's for sure. And I knew that I deserved something more. And so I sort of said, you know what? Screw it. I really love travel. I could bartend three days a week, make more money in those three days than I would being available to work for a boss, you know, at a desk job uh, seven days a week. And then I could save up all my bartending money and keep traveling. <laughs> So I turned down the jobs. Uh, I knew that I deserved more and I started bartending. And the thing is, bartending is amazing because it's very quick money when you need it. Um, but the thing is, it's extremely taxing on your body. Um, you don't get proper sleep. You don't particularly eat very well. It's difficult to get to the gym. And so after a while, it wears on you. So I ended up ironically working about 80 hour weeks down in New York City which I mean the money was great it was great but I knew that it was a means to to an end you know so I knew that when my lease was up in New York City um I was going to take off and start traveling and so that's what I did and I haven't looked back since okay so this um this time when you were saving um, you saved for about a year or so, and how old were you when you left New York? I saved for about um, about eight months maximum. Okay. Uh, I took off a month in between there and went to the Middle East, and um, I was I had just turned 22. Okay. So, and then you went on this um, trip. You you finally left and. What was your, like, you had eight months to kind of say, okay, I need to structure, like, where what I'm doing, and did did you plan that you were going to be um, consistently traveling, or, or how, how, <laughs> how did you, like, decide all this? So, I thought that it was going to be a two-month trip. Um, I had planned, well, actually, <laughs> I had, so I started bartending in February and I left for my trip the end I left for my trip in November so that's actually 10 10 months okay but sorry sorry about that but um I the reason I had made my lease when I did was because in February I had um committed to teaching English on a ship in the Galapagos Islands for two months Okay. And I was crazy excited for that. So whenever I went into work, I knew exactly why I was going to work. I knew that I was going to be teaching English on a ship in the Galapagos Islands. 
Yeah, so that, but, that's huge, that's huge yeah. though, because you were able to say something concrete that you were looking forward oh, to. Oh, absolutely. Until August rolled around, and I was supposed to be leaving in two or three weeks, and the program that I was going to be working with fell through. Oh, man. Yeah, so this thing that I'd been working toward all year, all of a sudden, whoosh, you know, it's yeah. gone. Plan B, and I did not have a plan B. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, I started scrambling for plan B. And um, ultimately, I, I decided I wanted to go to Africa. You know, I'd yeah. at that point, I'd been to Europe. I'd been all over Europe, all over South America. I was like, yeah, you know, Africa will be cool and interesting and culturally unique. Like, might as well. Right. And so in a period of three – of less than three weeks, I made the decision to go to Africa to spend two months there, to road trip, to join an overland tour and all this stuff. I had no idea who was coming with me, if anybody was coming with me. And the plan was for it to be, you know, two months, then I would come home and bartend again or whatever, wherever my life led. Um, I went to Africa. Um, I ended up going with one friend and it was absolutely phenomenal. It was a life-changing trip. Um, we road tripped South Africa for a month, and then I joined an overland tour in Cape Town, and we road tripped through South Africa, Namibia, Botswana, and Zimbabwe. Um, so that was truly incredible. And then I flew home, and I was like, "Yeah, this is this is what I have to do with my life. I'm not sure. Again, I'm not sure how I'm going to profit from it, but this is what I need to be doing because I felt so fulfilled." And um, so I got home and I decided, all right, I'm leaving in a month. And wow. uh, since then, I've pretty much been on the road nonstop. So that was, um, let me do the math. That was, so I went to Africa fall 2014. By the end of January 2015, I took off. And I think I've been home a total of maybe five months since 2015. Okay. On and off, not not all yeah, at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so that that's quite a long time uh, to be on the road. Yeah, definitely. Um, it seems like when you think about it, um, just from the outside, just from a perspective like me, uh, it seems like something that is very difficult to do because you maybe if you're consistently traveling, there's so much work that goes into that. Um, (laughs) just, just from me thinking about it, like, but I mean, people like plan for weeks and weeks for even just a month trip or a two week trip. So imagining, uh, consistently, um, travel is, is crazy, but, um, I'm sure, like once you just decide, well, I need to do this regardless, so I better plan it out. It, it makes it easier because you know you have to get it done. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it depends on the kind of traveler you are. Some people decide to go with no plans. They have a destination and bam, you know, I'm going to go there and figure it out. That is not me. Not at all. I like to have everything planned. I like to have my itineraries. I like to know my locations and where I'm sleeping each night. And it does. It takes a lot of dedication. It takes a lot of persistence in finding where to stay. It takes a lot of skill as to finding the right deals and knowing how to make the best itinerary. 
And okay. I'm always trying to find, you know, the off the beaten path places and the hidden spots and all these things. And it definitely, it's work. It's really hard to plan my trips, but then you go on the trips and they're just, they're phenomenal. Yeah. They're absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I was able to pull off a 14 month trip seamlessly and, uh, you know, I carried on my back everything I had with me the whole time and, uh, it was remarkable. Absolutely. Yeah, that sound that sounds really cool. Um, and the fact that you said that you planned it out is also, um, you know, intriguing because um, it's like it makes it seem to a lot of other people that may think that this is a daunting task that you know you can plan for um, a a more extended period of time. So, um, is there you know maybe not. You don't, maybe don't you don't have to tell us what you're about to do in the future, but maybe go through um, kind of how you structure your plan for say uh, a few months ahead of time, kind of thing. Okay, uh, let's see. So I I will tell you what I'm doing this year. All right. Nice. <laughs> um, so very quickly, uh, this year so far I'm leaving for the Dominican Republic next week. Then I go to Switzerland, Austria, France, and Italy. India, Iceland, Nepal, the United Arab Emirates, the Maldives, Sri Lanka, Bahrain, Qatar, and Oman before coming home for Christmas. And it's definitely daunting when you look at it because that's a lot of places and some of them are not easy places to travel around. But you sort of just have to take it step by step. So question one, you know, what time of year do you want to go? So... I'm notoriously trying to chase summer. I hate the cold weather. So I always make sure that if it's a place that, that gets cold in the winter, like Europe, I try to go there in the summer. And that helps, um, and that helps your packing because you want to be, have not as much stuff with you. Yeah, absolutely. You want to be carrying as little as you can just because the less you have, the easier it is to get around. Um, so I guess that's the first thing I ask myself. Then I ask myself, how long, do it well no then backtracking then i i look up every place i want to go to so then i could ask myself how long do i want to spend in each place then once i determine the time of year that i want to go and how long i want to spend in each place i sort of look at the calendar decide all right you know that's great and i put it down on a calendar i actually print a calendar i don't use a um I don't use a electronic calendar. I, I have one in front of me and I'll write down exactly where I'm going when, and then you just sort of take it from there. So then, all right, if I'm in Dubai for four nights, which area of Dubai do I want to stay in? And then I look up which hotels are in that area or hostels or B and B's or whatever. Um, and then I go back to the, what to do list that I made and I see which tours I want to go on or what activities I want to do. Um, so it's definitely quite a process, but it is very, very rewarding um, if if done properly. <laughs> yeah, it seems like you, you know, it means that much to you. So that therefore you're going to put that much effort into it, which is which is great. You know, it's something yeah, you exactly. care about. But uh, one thing, uh, what would you say is your longest time like? Longest period of time aside from when you were abroad that you were in one place? 
Oh, I don't stay in places very long. So I guess it would be like one place or one country. I guess we could say one country. Okay. So if it were one country, it would be um, Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa. I've spent the most time then outside of my study abroad. Right, right. Okay. And and when you were there, you'd stay there for over a month? I was only there about – I was in each of those places for – well, I was in New Zealand for a month, Australia for a month, South Africa for a month, and then I, w- I was in Australia for a second month the next year. Okay. Yeah. yeah so I guess the next – real question is because um the way you're describing these trips is something where you're really planning everything down to the details and you're really staying on the move which is really cool um but the one question as someone who hasn't really done something like this is you know how how are you able to uh generate you know um, the funds to um, support yourself and be able to stay in hotels and, and hostels and things like that, you know? Yeah, of course. So I actually work online. I do not generate an income from my blog. I keep my blog entirely um, entirely resourceful for people. But I generate an income by being part of an online marketing team. So Pretty much we promote social media courses and marketing retreats around the world. Um, and it's great because we use Instagram and social media to do so. Um, and it has really, really sharpened my social media skills to the point where I can now do social, offer social media for companies as well. Um, and so that has been huge for me. Um, this past February, I went to Australia for the month and pretty much I worked from the beach every single day because this job only allows, I only have to work like an hour or two a day. I have no boss. I have no deadlines. I have no obligations. It's all up to me um, as it's a commission-based work. And so it's amazing. You know, I literally was sitting on the beach and generating sales um, yeah, that, that's awesome. I never thought, yeah, I never thought I would see the day where I could say that. So then I look back to like what all the job offers I got after NYU, graduating NYU, and I'm just like, man, I definitely made the right choice. Yeah, man, yeah. I, I that was a close one. Glad I got out of there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I do online marketing. That's my main source of income. I am also a travel consultant. So. For people that hear all about these trips I plan and they're like, oh my gosh, like I don't want to have to do that. That's where I come in because I genuinely love planning trips. And so because of that, I have paired with a company called Guidester and I help tailor make trips now. And so I take care of all the all the details and all the planning and all the itineraries for people that want to travel but don't want to put in the work to figure out how to do it (laughs) yeah that's awesome and and when you go on these trips you're like well this is just me doing my research for for my job (laughs) yeah you know it's uh it's definitely pretty cool and it gives me the ability it gives me a lot of credibility when i'm um recommending places to people because 90 percent of the time i've been to those places which is amazing exactly because 
um, one thing that, you know, from the outside, just like if I were someone who wanted to go on a trip, it would be nice to have a personal account as an outsider as well, because like you're you're visiting, you're not someone who has been there and is is established as like a travel company in a specific country. You're exactly. you're observing and you've you know been to these places and and found what is really enjoyable about that place, which is really exactly. cool. Exactly, and I could even tell you you know budgets that you need for each place recommendations for where to stay, where to eat, what to do, off the beaten path things. Um, so it's it's really fun. It's really fulfilling. And I love sharing my love of travel with people. So yeah, yeah it's a pretty, pretty good gig. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it sounds, um, you know, like you really found your niche and that's really cool. Um, Speaking of you, like being someone who travels uh, very frequently, do you think that this is something that you're going to continue doing um, as as far as like the pace? Um, what do you see, you know, the future of your traveling experiences and how will they change if, if at all? Yeah, absolutely. So now that I've figured out exactly how to generate an income online, I hope to slow down my travels a little bit still travel full time. I, I, I love traveling full time, but I want to stay in places longer now because that will allow me more sort of uh, cushion and a little more time and relaxation to do my hour or two of work a day that I'd like to put in. Um, so I'm sort of slowing down a little bit, but I still plan on being in foreign destinations 95% of the year. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that that makes sense. You know, it's uh, it's probably a lot of work to you know. Not only are you planning trips for other companies and and you have your so- social media job, but you also have to plan your own trips, which is you know, yeah, which is a lot of work. But exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, uh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's it's quite something. Definitely yeah. quite something. But enjoyable enjoyable fulfilling you know i'm meeting people from all over the world and every single uh in every single all different lifestyles all different languages you know i'm picking up on different languages and at the end of the day you realize that we're not all that different and even if we don't speak the same language there are ways to get around that and just still have friends all around the world and it's a really amazing feeling yeah, maybe you could uh, explain what that's been like being in a country where you don't speak that language, and I'm sure you've had to deal with that to a great extent now. <laughs> um, and how, how have you kind of dealt with that? Because I'm sure to really get um, a enjoyable experience um, and really experience the culture, because that that's where you really get a lot of the enjoyment out of travel, I imagine, is when you're get, you're really experiencing that culture. You need to kind of communicate in some way with someone who has lived there. Yeah, definitely. So it's extremely hard. Um, so I've been to 82 countries and all seven continents, which is quite a lot. And in most of those circumstances, I've been in places where I haven't spoken the language. Um, 
And it definitely, it's a challenge because you're constantly learning how to adapt and how to get around, even though you really don't speak the language. So when I was in China, for instance, I really struggled and I was with another pro traveler and not knowing Mandarin was extremely hard for us. And it really, sometimes it makes you question travel and you're like, well, should I be doing this? Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, you will find somebody that will help you and you will find a smile and you will have, and you will ultimately get the guidance. Um, but in some places it's definitely a lot harder than others. And so it tests your patience a lot. Um, so even like I said, I'll use China for the example. It's just getting from point A to point B on their train system was extraordinarily hard not being a native speaker. Yeah. And one thing, you know, that's definitely a positive thing that you're able to you're you're building patience because Oh yeah. Um, you know, in my experience, I've you know, travel, traffic, um, public transportation, it's always, you know, it's it's a struggle for me. Uh or mm. and for a lot of people. And I think, you know, adding on the fact that you know not not even know one tiny bit of the language is <laughs> is just it's tough and um you know that's you know you're able to stay positive be patient and and then you know y your perspective is really changed and you're able to adapt to a lot of different things that are going on definitely um yeah it's hard but i mean over the years i've picked up french spanish Italian and Portuguese because I've needed to in my travels. Yep. And then I've, you know, in each place I go, I learn a few words just to the basics. So I learned the basics in Japanese to get around uh, a little bit of the basics of Russian. I failed miserably trying to learn the basics of Dutch and Chinese. But, you know, you try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because, you know, you do your best. You do your best. But it's a, you know, it's always a learning experience. And I think that one of the reasons travel is so important is because it's always a learning experience. You learn so much, not only about the cultures you're experiencing, but yourself and the way you react in certain situations. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's one thing I noticed. I've gone and done a little bit of traveling and I've noticed that you really do learn a lot more about yourself. Um, and Maybe you could tell us maybe one or or something that comes to mind, an experience where you really – it was a highlight for you um, and you really got a lot of out – got a lot out of a, a specific experience. Oh, that is a loaded question. Let's see. Something I got a lot out of. Well, I've got a lot out of a lot. Yeah. Um, Just one highlight that see. comes to mind maybe. Ooh. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess for me, um, gosh, there, there's so many. Okay. So when I was, wait, but that's okay. This is another China story because it was amazing okay. when I spent three and a half weeks in China last year. And, um, I was able to camp overnight on the great wall of China, Wow. which is amazing because most people, um, most people don't 
get that opportunity. Um, a lot of people visit the Great Wall of China on a day trip with a tour, and that's that. But there is one company called Beijing Hikers that allows you to camp overnight on the Great Wall of China. So it's this incredible way of mixing culture and history and present day all together because you're walking for hours on end on this piece of history that is, you know, on this piece of history that, that so many people dream of seeing, you know, I never thought I'd see the great wall of China in person. Yeah. And then you're, you're literally physically connecting with it as you're sleeping in a tent on the great wall of China. I mean, literally on the wall itself before you continue trekking on it again. So that was really culturally enriching. Um, another very culturally enriching experience was um, I was touring through a school in a tiny little village in South Africa that a lot of people don't get to. And school was out, but all of a sudden this one boy came out and decided to have a tickle fight with me. And <laughs> so for 30 minutes, I chased him around. We were having this huge tickle fight and just to see his smile and hear his laughter and realize that kids are kids and no matter where, where they are in the world is pretty amazing. And it was, um, it was a really incredible moment where it's like, you know, cult human beings are the same no matter where you are. I mean, sadly, some have far worse living conditions than other, but, others than at, but at the root we still all you know smiling is is an amazing thing to embrace laughter is the best medicine so b to be able to see that in this tiny poor town in africa was really moving yeah i mean it it's definitely something you know when when you see someone um that you know has no um cultural background that has one that's nothing like you, but you're able to share an experience like that. I'm sure it's like, wow, it's like, it's a crazy experience. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, even when I was in Mongolia, um, one of the days we just stopped at this random yurt in the middle of nowhere and we hadn't seen anybody in, you know, hours and hours and this family, we couldn't communicate. They spoke Mongolian and we didn't understand a word of Mongolian, but they brought over food for us and they just sat there like nodding their heads and smiling at us. And we sat there nodding our heads and smiling back and sharing in their food. And it was so generous. And it was such, such an interesting experience because no words were exchanged. And yet they still showed some of the greatest hospitality. And Mongolia is a gorgeous country that so few get to experience. So I'm just really grateful for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the list could just go on. We could have a podcast for you know, <laughs> so long. Literally. But uh, so the Great Wall of China, does it live up to the, you know, hype? Absolutely. But don't go to the touristy area of it. There are multiple sections that you could visit. So do your research and find out where the tourists don't go. Because for the two days I was on the Great Wall of China, I didn't see one tourist other than the last 10 minutes that I was on the wall. Wow. Yeah. So it makes it a lot more special, that's for sure. Yeah, we just got to find a uh, guide and get all the info. <laughs> well, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure that makes such a difference, you know, because you're able to just experience the historical, um, just, just take it all in and not be worried about the mob of people 
going by. Exactly. You, there was no one. I wasn't, you know, worried about being anybody's photos or having people in my photos or anything. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. So it seems like nowadays you're the ability to be freelance and to kind of not uh, and kind of work remotely are continually expanding. Um, so maybe do you do you, can you shed a little light on like how how difficult or easy it was for you someone who really liked to travel but wanted to cre- be able to travel on um you know a permanent um timeline how how were you able to you know um get skills that you were able to work remotely and make this really happen you know yeah absolutely so for me it it's been a work in progress for three and a half years. I spent three years thinking I was going to make it and three years trying to figure out how to make money online and generate an income and work remotely. And I spent three years failing. Um, it wasn't until last year that I came across my online marketing team that I received all of the guidance, skill sets, coaching and training that I needed in order to succeed in successfully working online, generating an income and not having to worry about it while traveling anymore. Um, that is something I wish I found at the very beginning because it would have saved me months of, of working for no pay, trying to think that ultimately, you know, someday it would, my blog would pay me. Um, and so I guess my biggest piece of advice to anybody that's looking to start, you know, join an online marketing team. They will, if you join the right team, you will be guided exactly how to work online and work remotely and generate a full income while doing so. And I'm more than happy to speak to anybody about it because my online marketing team has become my my little family. They're my best friends. They're all travelers. Uh, we love the fact that we work remotely. We have no boss. We have no deadlines. Like I said, I, I did my work on the beach, you know, every day I was in Australia and that's something I'm really grateful for, and it's an opportunity that sadly a lot of people miss out on. Yeah, and they kind of, you know, say, "All right, well, this person's offering me a job," um, instead of saying, "What are my priorities?" You know, my priorities travel, but I don't see anybody offering me a job um, to travel, so they're, exactly. they're they like shut down and there are more and more opportunities to gain a skill, whether it be social media, whether you are freelancing and, and do and doing writing or doing mm-hmm. a bunch of different things, you know. So much. Yeah. And that's really cool that you it's you know, one thing that I noticed because you said that it took three years, you know, that's a lot of work that you were putting in and finally uh you found this opportunity. That just yeah. goes to show that when you make sure you, to put that priority on, on what you really want, then things will fall in line and eventually you'll get that opportunity that enables you to do it, what you really want. Definitely, definitely. I mean, you have to want it. At the end of the day, you have to want it. You have to be motivated. You have to be eager. You have to be willing to put in the time and the effort and you have to want it. Yeah, that's a great message. I, and and. Just for those who have listened to um, a few of the podcasts in the past, um, I've been a really, really um, proponent of travel. I've, I've been able to do a little bit, and um, I've got 
one more year, I think, of saving money, and I'm definitely gonna head out there and and, and I'm and I'm working out the details, obviously, but you know, it's mm-hmm. definitely something I'm looking forward to, and I encourage everyone to kind of explore different skills that they may have that allows them. You may not think that you want to travel full time. That's that's a lot, but um, just developing skills that enable you to be flexible with where you are is is an amazing opportunity. So something to think about, you know. Definitely, yeah. absolutely, backing you up completely there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Sarah, for coming on, and I learned a lot, and I'm sure everybody will appreciate all the knowledge that you were able to share and the experiences as well. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I hope you have a lovely night. All right, everyone. So that was our interview with Sarah Gallo. I thought it was really cool because what she provides is a totally, you know, different look at life and a different type of lifestyle which is something that many have not experienced or tried. So I thought it was really cool to get her perspective um, because what she experienced coming out of college is something that a lot of us do is the fact that there aren't that many really good paying jobs and there aren't that many jobs that are really enjoyable in general um, for a lot of people. So what she chose was to say, I'm going to do what I want and I'll still, you know, I'll find money and I'll live on a budget and I will enjoy every second of it, which is a great mentality. And then she'll work out the details as far as money later. And she, you know, worked really hard and ended up finding a way to sustain this lifestyle, which is really, really awesome. And uh, it's really inspiring because it makes you see that if you prioritize that, then, you know, it's possible to do it. So, um, and she, and she's living proof of that, which is really cool. Another thing that I thought was really interesting was her describing the things you learn when you travel and, um, just you gain patience from being able to deal with difficult situations. Um, you know, traveling is, is a grind like I mentioned it's a struggle and being able to be patient through all that and have a positive outlook is really cool also the fact that travel you're you're experiencing all these different cultures and what you're realizing is that there are so many similarities within the entire human race that despite cultural backgrounds you know we all experience same the same emotions you know fear happiness um you know suffering there there's it it's all we're all connected and i think it's really cool and and you really got a glimpse of that through a few of her stories which is really cool so i wanted to thank sarah for coming on because it really is inspiring me to you know make travel a priority because it's something that I'm really passionate about and for all of you guys who are interested I will be posting links to her blog and and a few of the other 
um, things that we talked about on the episode in case you're interested in learning more about what she's done, uh, what she's working on, and things like that. So I I really appreciate Sarah for being a guest and um, hope you guys enjoyed it. So for the story portion of the show, it was really, it's kind of difficult because um, she shared multiple stories from her experiences, but uh, I suppose one um, really small story it, that's related to, you know, cultural uh, experiences is when I was in Spain, um, the very beginning of the trip, um, uh, when I first flew out, it had only been a week before um, the season was about to start when I arrived there. And I was in Spain. I was with these people who had totally different experiences than I. We Some of them did speak a little English, so they kind of, we were able to bond over that a little bit. But really, these were strangers to me. And we were about to be teammates on a football team, and I was their QB. So it's it's really a, it's a dynamic that you know you need to communicate and you need to be a part of a almost like a brotherhood. And one thing that I'll always you know remember is that those players on that team um, really embraced me and the other two American imports. 100 percent and it was whether it was the fact that you know we were we were good at football uh i'm not sure but i'm pretty sure you know they really accepted us and they really were ecstatic that we were joining their team and it was like we had grown up in spain and we were one of them it was amazing and i will always remember that as a really cool experience for me because in America, it's not necessarily like that, you know, um, everybody's competing, and, and if I went on a new team in America, it would be like I was taking somebody's spot, and I was intruding in somebody else's team, but in this sense, they were happy to have me, and they really embraced me, and, and, you know, I ended up going on a bachelor party in Spain, and, like, I was one of the crew, and it was, it was a great experience, and, and that just goes to show that despite cultural differences, those can those barriers to friendship, to relationships can be broken down. And, and I'll always have those guys, you know, I, I'm hoping I'll see them um, again soon. And those guys are, you know, have a special place. You know, I, I really enjoyed that trip. It was really important to me. So I thought I'd share that with you guys. So... That's our show. Make sure to travel and think about it. It's it's really it's even more possible now more than ever with the ability to um to work remotely. So I really encourage everyone to at least try it and there are so many ways to do that. So I hope you guys enjoy it and see you guys next time.